Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 84 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, I'm tired. This is the first time we've recorded the morning in a, in a while. It is 1030, so I shouldn't be that tired. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're doing a morning recording. Exciting. It's crazy, yeah. Uh, uh, we got a... Got to modify for the times or whatever. <laughs> yes, we do. Always modifying for the times. I don't think we've ever had like a consistent time we record. It's a, it's <laughs> a week by true. week thing. It's a week by week thing at this point. Um, but this past week in Overwatch League, we had a lot of games. I think all 20 teams played for the first time this season. Crazy. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, so we got to see a lot of action. Um, kind of crazy, kind of crazy week. I mean, we did start off the week with a huge upset, which, um, if you would have called this an upset like three weeks ago, I probably would have been like, what? It's not that big of an upset. Uh, but of course the past couple weeks, the Soul dynasty, um, have a won a map and they've been doing awful losing three O to everybody. Uh, but they upset the Shanghai dragons, the supposed, Best team in the league alongside Philadelphia Fusion until they play each other. Um, they lost 3-2. And now Soul Dynasty won. Uh, this is a hot topic of the week, and I'm just going to lead with it, Joe, because um, a lot of people are talking about this game specifically as an example as to why hero pools kind of suck. Um <laughs> You had reinforce after this this win by Seoul tweeting, upsets have lost their meaning. Part of me want to, wants to be surprised by Seoul beating Shanghai 3-2, but another part of me wants to just shrug it off. Seoul looked genuinely atrocious, losing nine straight maps, and now they beat the best team in the league because the right heroes. Um, basically, Seoul is this season... Uh, they're double shield mains, apparently. They're really good at double shield. So when double shield can be meta, and it was this week, uh, Soul was able to pull off a big upset. Joe, I don't think we've talked about here pools and our opinions on them since they were announced. So I get, I think this is a good opportunity for us to, I guess, give our opinions on hero pools now that it's been like two or three months. It's been a while since hero pools were implemented. What are your thoughts, Joe? Does this upset mean a lot to you, or do you do you agree with Reinforce on Twitter there? I mean, it's uh, you know, it's it's a really good sign for um, like Soul fans. I mean, like they re- in the sense that they really needed this win. Uh, I mean, they're still technically up at six, um, uh, sixth tied with the London Spitfire in the standings. Um, but you're right; it's coming off a really bad. Um, <laughs> really bad losing streak for Solon. Um, yeah, to 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 have the momentum, you know, come out of a a, a five map win over Shanghai. I mean, that's it's going to be valuable to them, hopefully. But yeah, in terms of you know how the hero pool uh, sort of manipulates that. I mean, on the one hand, um, uh, you, you know, when you don't have, um, I mean, because you know, this past week gone, we had uh, Ash Reaper Reinhardt Brig. Uh, we're all gone, so we saw lots of lots of dive by the end of the week, particularly from our um, the North American teams. Lots of Tracer Sombra, lots of that kind of thing, um, and even to the extent that Tracer is now banned for this upcoming week. But <laughs> um, 
but yeah, playing the the Arisa Sigma. I mean, you're right. That's that was how. Um, so was looking at. I seem to remember in um, the you know that was uh, what was getting played a lot in even season two playoffs, right? That uh, that that Soul was was doing decent in, but um, but yeah, I mean, on the one hand, the the I, I think there's two reasons that the hero pools were put in that are still being validated uh, like regardless of um, re- regardless of any that are proving to be you know not um, not good not accurate you know whether it's bad for competition and that kind of thing um, like we're talking about I think those, those two reasons uh, see if I didn't lose them out of my head number one is uh, obviously to make the um, like the viewership more interesting uh, which I mean, arguably is um, not like the best way to do that. I mean, you could definitely um, you you could definitely argue that you know it's that there could be more done, quote unquote, naturally um, to 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 make the game um, you know more more viewer friendly. Whether that's um, you know spectator client stuff, whether that's even you know visual effects stuff within the game, or if that's actually um, uh, you, you know, changes to make uh, balances or compositions more varied and that kind of thing. But, um, but you know, whether it's whether it's unnatural or not, I think the hero pools definitely have been achieving that. I mean, because we can see, um, you, you know, weeks when when Torb or is meta, you know, um, <laughs> at, at points uh, earlier in this season, or we had a couple weeks of uh, lots and lots of Ash that we had never really seen. Granted, that came with the balance patch too. Um, but I think that's that's definitely, um, you know, definitely significantly to uh, the hero pools you know, are to blame for that, I guess. Um, and then the second thing, I think it is still true that uh, regardless of like week to week, uh, uh, the week to week stuff like you know Seoul taking on Shanghai. Um, and pulling out the win, I think it is still true that with the hero pools under um, the in effect, um, that it is still rewarding for teams who are able to execute well. Um, and and there again, there are arguments to be made about you know is it rewarding for teams who are able to like execute compositional strategy well, or just teams who are able to find something that works for them um, and, and do it. And I. Th- you know, because uh, arguments about you know that the 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 weekly system there's no time for trying to find like an actual an actual meta an actual best composition, um, and, and it's a lot of scrambling and it's a lot of headaches and it's a lot of playmaking, um, like for for coaches and support staff um, is you know some of the things I've been reading, but at the same time I think that's that's still valuable. Um, even when it's, um, you know, more stressful, I think there, there's a, there's a balance there that um, I, I think is definitely not. Uh, I would agree. We probably haven't found that balance yet between um, keeping the variety and rewarding the variety versus um, potentially just like causing more problems for the teams than than the competitive benefit might show. Uh, but you know. It's, it's, that there, there shouldn't be a situation where Seoul isn't 
um, you know, rewarded for playing a really good Arista Sigma. Uh, is basically the uh, the basically the the crux of it. And granted, you know, if we took out if we took out the hero pools, maybe that would be all teams were playing. Uh, it's hard to say. But um, the, the, the week-to-week it has more variety to it. Um, but I think in general it's still true that Shanghai, as I think is, is fair to say, the, the better team, the more flexible team, is still going to have a better season. Um, and I guess that makes our, our lives a little difficult. Um, <laughs> Trying try, try to talk about you know matches week-to-week. Yeah. But um, it, it, I think at least those two things, the, the, the viewership, the you know, interesting compositions and variety in compositions and uh, ultimately rewarding flexible teams and teams that are able to like decisively execute uh, whatever it is they decide to execute. I think th- th- those, those two at least are still, um, still being accomplished. Yeah. I, as far as here, I think if you listen back to the podcast, I think my immediate reaction to the whole thing was, was what you're saying. Like I knew the re- those were the reasons and, I thought there were pretty good reasons. I did. I, I agreed with them. I liked that we were going to see a variety of things each week. I thought, I thought that could be cool. It could be. It could freshen up the league. Um, but I, I'm starting to agree more with reinforce with these other people. Honestly, I I do miss season long sort of uh, sort of um, storylines and stuff like that, and find and seeing who's the best in a certain meta, because. Um, and we are still seeing who the best is in certain metas. Like clearly Soul Dynasty is really good at Double Shield. So if Double Shield was the meta, they would be really good at it. But the issue is it's is next week it just couldn't be the it just might not be the meta. And as analysts like me and Joe and all these other people, we have no clue. Um and it feels like neither do the teams know what the meta's gonna be. They literally have a week to figure it out. Um and I, I I highly doubt any week someone has perfectly figured out the perfect comp with those hero bands. It takes way too much time to do that. Um, Like a meta of the meta evolves over the season. It takes a while. Like it took a while to figure out goats, even though Brig was out for a while and goats was a possible comp. um, It took like months to actually hone in on goats and figure out what those heroes you needed were to run goats um yeah but i am starting i'm starting to miss a little bit just having a consistent storyline throughout the season because it does seem like random things like this happen you had guangzhou charge guangzhou charge is another example this week that seems just like they're so they're so sporadic. They're so we don't know. <laughs> like one week Guangzhou Charge will look really good. The next week Guangzhou Charge will look awful. And this week they beat NYXL and London Spitfire three one each, and looked fantastic. Um, and it feels like uh, Guangzhou Charge is is a very inconsistent team historically, but it also just feels like Hero Pools make them look like a different team each week, uh, which is starting to at first I was very entertained by seeing all the different heroes. Now I just want a consistent storyline. I don't want to go into each week and be like and be very confused as to what's happening and there's always an excuse for the upset now. You know, like th- just the fact that everyone is pointing to the soul upset and saying, "Uh, but that's probably hero pools and not actually soul." And that that immediately makes me sad and I'm like 
yeah, I guess you have kind of have a point, even though Seoul has improved and it's a good sign that they won this game for sure. Like, yeah, if it was, if it was last week, would they have won this game? Probably not. If it was, if it was this upcoming week, would they have won this game? Maybe not. Like, it's just, that kind of bogs things down, makes things harder. And if teams are having trouble figuring out the meta, analysts can't figure out the meta, casters can't figure out the meta, and all of a sudden, like, your overall production is just like a, it's just a jumbled mess because no one can figure out the meta. No one knows what's, what's happening. No one's confident in what's happening. Um, and you're kind of just watching like something that isn't really as competitive each week, I guess. Um, because it's just a new wrench is being thrown in every week and everyone has to figure it out as fast as they can. Um, rather than, what I would have hoped would have happened is everyone just embraces their own style, but that's not really happening. <laughs> Everyone's just trying to figure out the comp week by week and trying to fill that rather than just sticking to their own style, which I should have expected to happen, I guess, because that's that's the league for you. Everyone's just going to try their hardest to play the best comp, not their best comp, which stinks. Yeah, I mean that's the safe way to do it, right? Because mm-hmm. time after time we've seen um, the you know the the mirror in Overwatch is is oftentimes the way to go. I mean, like if um, particularly when there's like um, not a not a constant meta going on, but you know if you can execute um, you know Tracer Somber, for example, better than your opponent, there's no reason not to not to pull out the mirror because it's all it's all like one v one matchups at that point. Mm-hmm. And and most of the mirror comps, like most of the comps, have like the counter to part of the uh, to the other part of the comp. Um, like everyone's like the best counter and uh, the best counter to widow is another widow, stuff like that. Like it's yeah, mirror's just been so dominant in Overwatch history. Like mirror just it always happens. It's 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 never gonna stop happening until we have enough heroes to like do um one only one per team i guess uh which is what league of legends has but they have 140 characters in their game so that's way more it'll um, only take us like 30 years yeah at this pace it'll take <laughs> us a, it'll take us a good century before that happens <laughs> at this pace um and I, I know like situations have changed because of uh covid as well but it does seem like um, the aggressive patching has slowed down, sort of, uh, which also stinks because I think that was the part of the announcement I was looking forward to the most. Of course, we do have a we do have some experimental stuff to talk about today, um, but it does seem like it has slowed down a little bit, which stinks. And I it, specifically with this experimental stuff, I feel like they've missed the mark with some of some of the changes they're making there as well, um, while others are pretty good. Uh, but we'll talk about that more when we get to it. We still got a lot of games to talk about, um, which I guess starting with that uh, conversation, Joe, kind of diminishes what we're about to talk about with all these wins a little bit, uh, which yeah. is sad. But <laughs> we still had games. Uh, we only had one, three, two, which we already talked about. London Spitfire returned this week, and uh, – they were dominant in a 3-0 against Chengdu Hunters in which we picked the Chengdu Hunters to win it and were wrong. Uh, Did we? Yeah, I think we both picked it, Chengdu, didn't we? we or am I wrong? I th- we picked the London Guangzhou match, I Oh, think. we did. 
and we both call Guangzhou. Yeah. Okay, I make, I mixed them up, so we were right. Um, but yeah, London lost to Guangzhou three one, but Guangzhou was a whole different beast this week, beating NYXL three to one, um, and looked r- really damn good. Uh, but what what do you think about London Spitfire in, in their return? Joe three zero and Chung two hundred. At least getting one win is that does that make you a little more confident about um, London in this region now? I think I think everyone was kind of worried that maybe maybe they just immediately enter this region and be the bottom. But looks like they're at least better than Chung do, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's it's really good to see they haven't played for for ten weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, I was talking I was talking about. Um, you know, in their their first few matches, I mean, they had three five map series against um, you know low to middling Atlantic teams. Uh, I guess probably probably solid middle Atlantic teams in Washington, Houston, and Florida. Um, losing hard to Paris, uh, losing just about as hard to New York um, in the Atlantic division. So yeah, they really needed really needed to find some footing. And I think um, definitely the the three over over Chengdu is a statement. Um, who I guess I hadn't um, put the numbers together are sitting at 18th in the standings right now, mm-hmm. uh, out of 20. Uh, that's <laughs> three and nine. Uh, not not doing yeah. well. <laughs> not, yeah, not doing exactly well. Three for Chengdu, but I mean, you know, all the more reason that you know London comes into into the 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 Asia region. You know, they need to come out with that win. Um, it's, it's good to bring that out. And then yeah, Guangzhou obviously looked good this week, um, but I I think London's going to be it can be pretty solid in there, definitely. And you know, the more they play, um, uh, you know, the closer that's going to be to accurate as well. So, yeah, just just give them some time. I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, honestly, as I mentioned earlier, Guangzhou is such like a sporadic team. They're good one week, bad the other week. Like, I think London could have beaten them a different week, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I, looking at the standings, which I haven't done as much. Um, lately but now teams are starting to catch up so the standings actually are starting to mean something i guess uh yeah as teams get more games in um yeah guangzhou at seven and six there in dead middle of the entire league i mean you have it's interesting looking at the standings right now because everyone assumes that chinese region is just like the best region in the world but I mean, if London is able to step in with these these rookies and just at three zero chunk do, then then maybe it's not as bad. I mean, we even saw NYXL coming in and and looking really really good until this loss to Guangzhou, of course, uh, and almost beating Shanghai. So uh, maybe the Chinese region isn't as good as we thought it was going to be. It's still pretty pretty good, <laughs> but uh, it looks like everyone's sort of caught up to them, uh, which is which is good. Uh. But yeah, as far as uh, other games go, you had Paris Eternal beating Los Angeles Gladiators, um, which we both predicted Gladiators. Am I right this time, Joe? I think I'm right. Um, yes, we did both have Gladiators. Okay, okay. So we were wrong. I'm right, but we were wrong. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Paris Eternal manages to pull off the subset even with some missing players, which is great for them because... Man, <laughs> they're still like doing pretty well without like their full roster. Um, so that's that's really good because uh, XE, in my opinion, is still the best player on this team. and He has not played for weeks and Paris is still putting up tons of good results. 
uh, and at least tons of good fights against teams like Philly and stuff like that if they're losing. Um, but uh, Gladiators, I think I have questions about Gladiators, Joe, because they're sitting at four and four. Of course, they've had a pretty tough schedule so far, uh, but arguably this might have been a game they should have won. Um, where, where, just a little bit of a temperature check here on the Gladiators, Joe. Where do you where do you have them in your mind? What what do you think going on? It's four and four about right. They're in eleventh place right now. Do you think they should be doing better than they're doing right now? Yeah, I haven't uh, uh, sat down to think much about the Pacific Division as we have, uh, you know, Atlantic since it was like week eight or something. I guess we did, um, you know, sort of Atlantic power rankings. Probably ought to sit down and look at Pacific with a with a harder gaze myself. But um, but yeah, as far as the Gladiators go, I mean, they're they're also in lots of ways a team that um, can have uh, really good weeks when uh, when the heroes go their way. Um, you know, I, I can think of Doomfist. You know, as an example, um, they're pretty solid on that. Um, but when um, you know, like looking at week eight, they had a um a three zero against Soul. Um, but a they've been three zero by Shock. Um, uh, but lot lots of recent wins. Um, uh, lots of recent wins for the squad until Paris. Uh, and I think as a as a cross divisional match, I think that's definitely good insight um, into like the the I, I don't know, I guess the I guess the potential of gladiators, but I don't want to say it that way because it sounds limiting. Uh, excuse me, but the um, yeah I don't know I think it's, the gladiators definitely not. Um, not uh you know out of anything by any means um they're gonna have some some hard matches coming up i'm sure but also i mean they're playing boston next week um which uh you know in theory that's this could be a a good win for them but uh you know just kind of got to see exactly um because in fact we're actually due for a new schedule to come out here pretty soon uh we only have through next week um to to preview in advance but uh, but, but, yeah, I wouldn't. It, it's not not so bad for the gladiators. I don't think um, it definitely got um, you, you know the the nice kind of core that they need um, to to get some stuff done. And I want to um, before we get too far, um, uh, we, we always give a, a match that we, that we recommend that our viewers go back and rewatch, or if you didn't see it, um, go watch it for the first time. Uh, we were just talking about Guangzhou, New York. Um, and that's going to be my match for that. Uh, actually, several of these games this weekend I wasn't able to see live, um, and this is one I'm definitely going to go back and look at. Um, partly, yeah, to see you know what kind of shape the Guangzhou was in. But um, you know, if you three one New York, uh, then two it's it's more significant than than the three one over London even. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's going to be it's going to be an exciting one. Yeah, mine was Shanghai Seoul, and I think it's mainly it was a great game, but. Uh, it's also because it caused a lot of, a lot of people to speak out against Tiraples. So I think it's definitely one you should watch if you want to like, if you want to get into that debate, I guess. Uh, but yeah, as far as the gladiators go, uh, I will commend Mirror right now because Mirror is very impressive, at least stats wise. Every week I go to uh, the grab bag, which is the weekly. 
uh, recap article on overwatchleague.com. And the man is just topping stats every single week on the DPS heroes playing on Echo. This week it was Sombra. Like he is just always top stats. Like he is, he's good. Uh, of course, great at Doom as well. Um, so yeah, Mirror is doing a lot better than I thought he was gonna do. Uh, yeah, this went this 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 week just yeah, just not not good that they lost, but um. Yeah, they got Boston next week, so things will probably pick back up. Uh, Vancouver Titans made their return this week, um, or I guess their debut. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you if you hadn't heard and you have your head in a hole, um, the Vancouver Titans are a completely different team now, uh, made up of contenders players uh, because they it's have the, left the thing. The Vancouver Second Winders. Yep, the Vancouver Second Winders. Um, <laughs> it's not entirely Second Wind, right? It's or is it? It's true. You know, they they signed like three. I think three of their players are from Second Wind, um, and the other three are from assorted other contenders teams. Um, none of which are like um, big names, if only because I had not heard of them. <laughs> I, the only no, one I have heard would... of is is Rolf because he's just been around forever. Um, but I meant I hadn't heard of the teams. But yeah, you're oh, right. Yeah, Rolf yeah. has been. I feel like he's been in the World Cup before. Yeah, I think he might have been. But all I know, he's just been there from the beginning. Like I just remember him, like in Seagull streams back in the day, and like Hard Blue streams back in the day. Like I just, he's just been here forever. <laughs> um, so crazy that he's finally in Overwatch League. Um, never thought I'd see the day. Uh, but. Uh, you know, they didn't do well, <laughs> but I, no one expected them to, I don't think. Um, so I guess this is the beginning of a Vancouver Titans that uh, might not do as well. You see them there at the bottom of the standings and you're like, wow, that's where they belong now, I guess. Which is weird after last season and how well they did. Lost to the Washington Justice 3-1 and then Florida Mayhem 3-0. Florida Mayhem, while they've had like a pushover of a schedule here, are... Uh, kind of a dominant map run here. They're on a 15 map winning streak. Uh, wow. Yeah. I did not realize that. Uh huh. Um, which one of the games was against Paris, so that's pretty impressive. But the other games were against teams that are not doing so well. Uh, so it's not too impressive, but they are doing very well right now. Uh, and then you have Washington Justice, who uh, Stratus played his last game. I, I'm giving my MVP of the week to him. Because it was his last game and he played pretty pretty well, uh, he looked good. I, I'm giving my MVP of the week to him because we've had a lot of retirements, and uh, I appreciate that he was like that he was like I want I want to go out with a bang. I want to play one more game. I liked it. Um, so Stratus is my MVP. Uh, good good win for for Washington there, I guess. <laughs> but Vancouver did pull out, managed to pull off a map, so that's pretty nice. And and the win that Washington really needed too, mm-hmm. um, but I think it was just last week I was talking about their uh, their match loss streak or their map loss streak, uh, which they were let's see, uh, at least twelve maps down uh, before before their win over Vancouver. Yeah, they were they were on a, a real bad streak there. So this was a very nice win. Of course, nice that they were playing Vancouver in their first Overwatch League match ever, basically. Uh, but yeah, definitely nice to finally grab a win there. Maybe turns turn some things around. Of course, they have to f- 
replace both their DPS player, but <laughs> players, but um, yeah, uh, the I don't think they have anyone on the roster to play Stratus yet, so we'll get an announcement this week for that. Um, but they ought to pick up like Hawksaw. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, there are a lot of Vancouver players to pick up anyway. I, I just I want to see these players picked up immediately, honestly, because they're yeah. they're well, all fantastic. So, well, actually, yeah, Hawksaw and Roar and uh, Ark. Well, I guess Ark not so much, but Aim God. That would be a decent roster. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. That w- that would not be bad. Um, the only issue is I don't know if these Vancouver players are going to be willing to sign with any NA teams because they're probably all in um, the Asian region. So, and it's very That's hard. That's true. Yeah. Very hard to head over to NA right now. Uh, you could do the old two hundred ping strat, which uh, Paris <laughs> loves doing, and some other teams love doing, but um. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where they go. I, Rio J. Hogg's taking a little bit of a break, but the other players seem to be immediately looking for teams. So uh, I, I hope we see them soon. I actually haven't heard anything from about Fissure, though. So I, I'm wondering what Fissure wants to do. Um, yeah, uh, we'll. I mean, we'll talk about this once we officially go over the news. But I mean, Fissure was the one that they um, that they mutually parted ways with everyone on the team, and then they released Fissure. <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't well, know if you noticed that. Yeah, we'll talk about it more, but apparently it was like literally because according to a Kotaku article, I think, which like spilled more beans than the actual letter, of course, that Vancouver wrote, which was very clean, very PR filled. And like then you had the Kotaku article that was like just brutal, <laughs> just like going into depth on what happened. But basically, according to the article, Fisher. Uh, they had like something on Fisher, like Fisher, like kind of broke their contract in some way, so they were allowed to release him and not pay him, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. So they took advantage of that fact there, clearly. Uh, but yeah, as far as the rest of the week goes, we got a lot of three O's. Um, for a second there, I did think Dallas Fuel was gonna possibly pull off an upset against Philadelphia Fusion after Watch Point Gibraltar, where they actually look pretty good. And managed to take that map, but uh, Philly Fusion came out in the second half and said, "Nah, they they're they're not going to do that to us." Um, anything else significant from this week, Joe? I guess Toronto was able to take off take a map off Shock and did look good in that map, um, and and honestly looked decent throughout the game too, uh, despite Shock taking the three other maps. Um. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, this is a solid week. Yeah, pretty solid week. I mean, we're getting closer to that to that May tournament, which I'm excited for. There are no hero hero bands that that weekend either, so that'll be interesting to go back to. Uh, still, yeah, think actually, I th- go ahead. I was gonna say, I think this upcoming weekend is the last um, yep, it is. week for that too. Yeah. Uh huh. So this is the last qualifier week. Um, there's, there are like the qualifier standings are like somewhere on the owl Twitter or somewhere in on Twitter. It's not on the overwatch league website at all. You have to go onto Twitter. It probably is on Liquipedia too. I haven't checked, but, um, yeah, they, their seating is going to be based off of basically how they performed in May, uh, which means, <laughs> which means, um, Florida mayhem probably going to have a pretty good seating. That's true. Um, cause they do, they play Washington justice this week too, who are, are five, are one player short of a full starting roster right now. So they could probably easily win that one as well. 
you could just uh, play the whole season and constantly play the teams that are like behind on like behind the eight ball <laughs> basically honestly vancouver washington justice yeah yeah yes they do have the standings on liquipedia as well the north america standings in may and florida mayhem currently is the number one seed because they have yet to drop hmm. a map um so there is that uh and then you have shock valiant and fusion up there as well the four undefeated teams in the in the north american region and now guangzhou charges the number one team in asia in may because they're three and zero, they're they're looking pretty good, I guess. Uh, so that's that's interesting. We'll see how that plays out uh, this week. Of course, like three games each is not three or four games each is not that much to go off of for these standings. But that's all we can get. <laughs> um, yeah. So the seating is going to be a little wonky because some teams are going to have harder schedules than others. But it it'll all play on the May tournament anyways. So uh, okay. Um. Wait. Did you mention your who you're giving MVP to, Joe? Oh, uh, it was uh, Eileen. Yeah. Uh, again, Guangzhou Charge. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest, because uh, he got the what T-Mobile MVP. Uh, for uh, <laughs> for their match against uh, New York. Nice. Uh, he yeah, he's been doing pretty well, and he did exceptionally well. Uh, this week. Uh, let's jump into the news, which the, the first piece of news, it was not immediately after we stopped our podcast, but it did happen last week. Um, I think it was a week ago from today, actually last Wednesday. So the Titans, uh, released a letter to their fans. It was super, super interesting how this all went down looking back at it because they released like Janu and, uh, their head coach separately from this letter, which is interesting. And it makes me think like, Maybe they thought the rest of the team was still salvageable or something, and that's why they weren't. But Janu and their coach like had already like said, "Nah, we're out for sure" or something like that. Because or they were just like, or at first they were idiots and thought that they should like just single out every single player and release them one by one, and then they realized, <laughs> "Oh no, that's a mistake." Uh, yeah, I have no, I have no clue what was in their heads when they were like doing this, but. Uh, basically they really not enough, not enough Twitter characters for that. No, definitely not. (laughs) Uh, yeah, basically they released a letter. Everyone's probably seen it at this point, but basically going in depth on like how it didn't work out and like their main reasoning seems like just the fact that they wanted to, uh, that the team wanted to be back in the Asia region, but, uh, the upper management, wanted them to be back in Vancouver because of how much they paid for this esports training and performance facility. Um, basically. Yeah. And then when they were set up in Korea or wherever, I assume Korea, um, that the, the, they didn't have the technology set up necessary to actually compete and like the players homes. And then it sounded like the, um, the organization wasn't willing to put up whatever money they needed to, take care of that either yeah that's what it did sound like it sounded and i i like to reference the kotaku article more than this letter because i i can never trust like obviously (laughs) vancouver's gonna want to make themselves look good they're not gonna admit any of their mistakes so like i I would rather look at journalism than 
than an article coming straight from the source. Um, but it seems like from the Kotaku thing that that basically um, at, the, at some point the players like um, basically just held out on practice because uh, Vancouver wasn't willing to give them the stuff they needed to practice. They weren't willing to like put any resources into them or like give them coaches and stuff like that because of time different stuff. So at one point they were just like sitting out practice because they they were like basically protesting. They were like, give us our stuff or we're just not going to play. Um, so yeah, seems like just a big mess of a situation that honestly might just go down as one of the worst mishandlements of like a championship caliber team in esports history. Uh, because obviously there's tons of history behind this, this um, roster uh, runaway, of course. Uh, and they're so beloved and the, everyone loves these players. Everyone loves this, this team overall. And now they're split up because of, because of Vancouver and a lot of people's eyes. So it's rough. <laughs> it's absolutely rough. Uh, but yeah, every, yeah. everyone's gone. If, I guess we, <laughs> we didn't say that, but yes, every single player gone. There's just like the updated, uh, the updates to the traditional copy pasta that I sent you <laughs> earlier last week. The runaway now is not an owl team, as fanboy triggering <laughs> as that sounds. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the reason why they were dropped. They're just not an owl team. They're they're not owl, owl caliber. I'll tell you what. Uh, but yeah, Vancouver then announced their new roster, which we got to see in action this week. Uh, most of all NA contenders players, there were rumors they were trying to pick up contenders Korea players, but that just wouldn't make any damn sense because <laughs> because why they just dropped people because they wanted to be in Korea. Why would they pick up more people that were in Korea? Um, so yeah, a bunch of NA contenders players that a lot of people are happy are finally in Overwatch League because there are a lot of people that are apparently pogger were poggers in contenders who now get to prove themselves. So we'll see if they can so far not so good but uh it's hard for when you were just picked up and you only had a week to prepare to be in overwatch league so and also shredlocks uh, is probably the best name in the league yeah that is fantastic i immediately agree with you 100 percent. really good <laughs> uh okay we have some retirements uh, obviously we're going to have some retirements every single week. We're having retirements, Joe. Um, Gray retired. Corey retired. I'm just going <laughs> to just read this off like it's a list because it is. Of course, as we mentioned earlier, <laughs> Stratus retired, but he gave us one last game. Um, and then Bruce retired. So all of these are different contexts. Um, I, I, Yeah, I think Corey is like the only one that like outright is like, I'm playing Valorant now, um, but Stratus is going to be st- he's sticking with Washington as uh, a content creator. Uh, I don't know what Gray is doing. I haven't seen anything about that. If you know anything, Joe. Yeah, I'm not sure. It certainly does make uh, a lot more sense with um, like when they just signed Fielder. Yeah. Like if they knew that was in the works. Uh, yeah, probably. And then Bruce said, of course, this one's closer to home <laughs> over here since I work for Boston Uprising. Um, but yeah, he's he's retiring for Overwatch. 
uh, retiring from competitive Overwatch overall. Seems like he's just not interested in it anymore. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to miss you, Bruce, and if you're, if you're listening, I'm going to miss you, Thomas. Uh, nice guy. Um, Which is interesting because, like, just in traditional sports, you don't really ever see somebody being like, yeah, I'm going to retire from football because it bores me. But it, it, and I realize that's obviously not. It's it's a gross uh, oversimplification, but uh, it's just interesting to. It's just different. You, you don't imagine that, yeah. It's different. Like it's because you can't. Like if you're good at football, you can't just like pick up baseball. But if yeah, if you're good at Overwatch, you could pick up Valorant, right? Like that's it's, true. It's close enough. Uh, like you're only if you're Michael Jordan can you quit like basketball and go to baseball, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's it's harder to just like be like I'm bored of football. I'm gonna play a different sport now. Um, it's much harder, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, it, that's why I feel like we see so many more retirements is because it's actually pretty easy for these players to just transition to a new first person shooter game because. I mean, Valorant is much different from Overwatch, and it really is. <laughs> There's a lot of differences, but the skills translate pretty well. Uh, so it's pretty easy to just pick one up or put one down and pick the other one up. I'm not sure if Bruce is doing that or anything like that. I, I have no clue. I I have personally, I'm close to the team, and I have never, I haven't heard him talk about Valorant at all. So I don't know what he's, he, he might just be tired of Overwatch and wants to leave. So, um, I mean, a lot of people are getting burnt out. We can bring this back to Hero Pools too, Joe, because a lot of people are getting burnt yeah. out because of that. It's a lot of work. Every single week, I know at least Boston, um, every single week has to spend an entire day just sitting down and being like, okay, what is the meta going to be this week? Which is a day you would usually get to just practice and scrim and like scrim what you've been normally doing. And now you have to spend that entire day trying to figure out what the meta is going to be. So... Uh, it's, it's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot of work, uh, on the players to figure that out and the coaches. So that could also be sort of impacting things. I know some people have tweeted like, Hey, if your pools are still in effect, you're going to see a lot more retirements because it's a lot of work and people are already burnt out, um, from doing it. So of course with Bruce and retiring, uh, Boston, well, Boston first announced that they were signing punk this time instead of, uh, dropping Bruce and then signing Punk. So technically, they were at seven players, and then it was brought down to six when Bruce retired. Um, But yeah, they signed Punk, who has a history with Uprising Academy already. Uh, So this is just an easy signing for for Uprising. He's he's already been with the org before uh, in the contender scene. So, of course, he's Australian. As well as, uh, yeah, I was just about to say, I believe he was... He's played at least one season of uh, World Cup on Team Australia. Yeah, I think this alongside Trill, who is now in the uh, Dallas Fuel. Yeah, uh, I think I think actually the past. Yeah, according to this article, 2018 and 2019 World Cups in Australia. So uh, he was part of the Drop Bears at one point. Um, but yeah, it, uh, nice nice little signing here. Going to be interesting to see if things change there, boss, because of it. Uh, who knows? We'll see. Um, of course, yeah, Bruce and, but Bruce and was kind of forced to play Diva, which he wasn't as he was more comfortable on Sigma more often. So we'll see if Punk can end up doing some more work there uh, on the Diva. Uh, we got a patch. We got some patch, experimental patch <laughs> at least, Joe. 
uh, alongside a developer update. So, uh, Joe, the password, if you want to take us through uh, what what Papa Jeff has laid on us this week. <laughs> yeah, so the, the dev update is actually kind of related. So I'll go over that briefly. But So it came out on Monday of this week. Um, and essentially they're going to... Um, uh, add a uh, open competitive queue uh, in addition to the 222 roll queue uh, for competitive season 23 in uh, which starts in July uh, so that's a thing um, and apparently it's super popular in Asia I guess and not hardly at all in <laughs> um, in North America and I assume Europe as well but uh, they're, they're doing it anyway it's going to be good um, and the Apparently the theory is that they'll probably see some improved queue times as well when you have both of those things. But then the other big thing they announced, um, or I should say Jeff announced, was a new experimental card, which is now live. Um, with some support changes, mostly. So, uh, we have Anna uh, got a nerf. Her primary fire healing now only does 70 instead of 75. Uh, Mercy... Uh, got a slight buff. Her left click healing, uh, now healing per second, is increased from 50 to 55. Uh, Zen's Orb of Discord, damage damage amplification increased from 25 to 30. I feel like semi-recently it was tuned down from 30 to 25, uh, at least within recent memory. Um, but now that's that's been turned back up. Uh, and then Moira, Biotic Orb. Uh, the Damage Orb, specifically... Uh, the radius has been reduced from 5 to 4 meters. Uh, then the projectile speed for both has been increased from 16 to 20. And the projectile duration uh, was reduced from 10 to 7 seconds. Um, so there's a lot less orbs going around, essentially. Uh, uh, smaller orbs, faster orbs, um, and they last a little bit uh, not as long, a little bit less less long <laughs> so that's the thing mm -hmm. and then a couple changes to non-support heroes uh bastion um got another sort of similar buff um to what happens most his most recent change uh is his sentry configuration that's when you're um, not able to move uh the spread on his gun was decreased by 10 percent um and the shots until max spread reduction uh has been lowered from 60 to 40 so I guess yeah the 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 spread uh, like rate increase uh, is a, is a bit of a nerf, but the others uh, but the other was a bit of an improvement. And then uh, his self repair, the resource drain rate has been increased to twenty percent, uh, while its healing per second has been increased from seventy five to ninety, which I believe, if I did my math right means that you still get the exact same amount of health from one full use of your resource bar. Um, but it drains more quickly, which then means that it can fill up more quickly, which means I technically think it's an overall buff because you can heal yourself a little bit more, if I'm thinking about that right, which I haven't gone into test, but... Yeah, I would I'm pretty say, sure that's. I would say overall, pretty sure that's the case. Yeah, I would say it's a buff yeah. since you definitely since you like immediately heal for more than you used to. 
That's true. Yeah, more more like burst type thing. Yeah, slightly. Which I think was a new. I mean, not that I play Bastion very often, but when I did, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was kind of an issue with the healing. I would just it wouldn't do anything. Basically, you would you would just be dead when you tried to heal. Yeah, um, and the Junkrat then was the last. Uh, got some interesting changes. Again, these are on the uh, uh, experimental card specifically. Uh, his left-click frag launcher projectiles maintain slightly more velocity on ricochet. Um, his concussion mine, uh, obviously that's the, the shift uh, ability. The projectile speed on those increased from 20 to 25. And the ricochet distance off of enemy players has been greatly reduced. Which, I guess I wasn't aware that mines could ricochet off of enemy players. I mean neither. But, I guess they can. And now they can at a slower rate. Okay. So, or at a slower distance. So, uh, and then total mayhem. <laughs> course, this is an interesting change. Of course, we got the buff that, we all uh, wanted. The total mayhem buff. Yeah, buff, buff to total mayhem. <laughs> the uh, uh, spread of the bombs that he drops increased by fifty percent, and uh, they also detonate more quickly. Uh, now, zero point seven seconds instead of one. Um. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's semi-significant, I think. <laughs> no one asked for this, but okay. <laughs> yeah. No one was like, um, Total Mayhem's a great ability. We sh- <laughs> but should, it needs a but buff. But it needs a buff. <laughs> like, I love the design of Total Mayhem. <laughs> that when you die, you just do damage. But it needs a buff. <laughs> I need to do more damage when I die, because I die so much when I play Junkrat. <laughs> yes, please buff this. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's it's something, but uh, but yeah. So all those changes uh, supports as well as Junkrat Bastion, um, and I guess that's it. Are now live on the experimental card, which I think is super interesting. Um, this is sort of a tangent that I had that had been in my head for a while, but that I I don't think this is what it's certainly not what I had in mind um, when they announced what the experimental card was for. Um, cause I mean, we've, we haven't had a proper PTR patch since 1.48 came out, which is supposed to be the anniversary event. Um, and uh, I'm attempting to figure out when that actually was, I guess this is a better way to do it. Um, but yes, we haven't had a PTR patch since the 1st of May. Um, and that was, we haven't had a significant PTR patch since um, like April 24th with the communication wheel. Um, and in the meantime, we've had, um, you know, this experimental card changes gone through um, and th- th- that kind of thing. It's just interesting that sort of the framework that they've, like the devs have given themselves to make updates. Because like originally the experimental card was going to be like, we're going to put some crazy stuff on there and you're going to have to deal with it. And uh, (laughs) he's like, you know, sometimes you'll, sometimes that stuff will eventually make its way to life, but probably not. And now, uh, most recently, I mean, with the, the CC experimental card that they had and the, uh, and now this experimental card with supports, it's more like, well, this could be a PTR patch, but we're not going to put it on PTR. We're going to put it on the experimental card and then just push it straight to live because of data, which I, the the advantage there is, 
you don't have to, or you you, you get uh, to include console players in that, obviously, mm-hmm. um, while while you're testing, and you don't have to worry about whatever PTR cycle restrictions you're putting on yourself. Like, um, I forget, I forget if I said this already or just thought it, but this this PTR patch that's currently on the PTR is supposed to be the anniversary event, apparently. Um, but it's so you know if you want to wait. To, to push that to live until the anniversary event starts, that's fine. Um, but it's, it just leaves yourself with a weird framework where you've got like restrictions on what you can put on the PTR, and you've got the experimental card, which basically is the PTR. And yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's so it's sort of a I guess it's it's a pet peeve really more than anything else. Like it's not significant, um, but yeah, just in, in terms of like the vision for the PTR versus the experimental card versus some of the changes like balance and otherwise they're trying to make is just a, an interesting uh, yeah. thing that I don't think they're they've super well hit yet. I think they would rather just get rid of the PTR, but they can't because um, you still need to test like things like the communication wheel like in there. Like you can't put that in an experimental mode. Like there's still like UI features and stuff like that. You need to be in PTR and like a, brand new heroes and stuff like that so I, th- I think they would rather be able to get rid of the ptr and just like put it in all in experimental mode but they can't but also yeah i don't know i mean they set an awful precedent because the first experimental mode was clearly something that ex- that experimental mode wasn't going to be because jeff even jeff was saying like by the way like this is not what it's going to be like. Like our first one is, was obviously that was, that was the like triple tank one or whatever. The one. Yeah. um, Or triple DPS or triple DPS. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, was, yeah. I mean, they all immediately were warning everyone like, Hey, by the way, this is not what it's going to be like at all. Like it's mostly just going to be small changes in there. So I think that's what it was supposed to be from the beginning, but it's also just in a really confusing places to you have the ptr and you have experimental mode and like i have a feeling they're just gonna like scrap what are these like they're gonna just combine something for overwatch 2 like i have a feeling that they're mostly working on overwatch 2 clearly so i don't think their focus is on this as much and i think they're just like if if they were still focused on overwatch 1 they would clearly just like combine the two or like work hard to do to figure out like something but I think they're all focused on making that game rather than like solidifying what experimental mode is or solidifying what PTR is or and stuff like that. So yeah, I have no clue. It's it's confusing. But so far we've seen just like all the experimental changes pretty much go through. Only some of them have been left out. Um but yeah, so we'll probably get these all which I yeah, this patch I'm I'm interested with these experiments I'm interested with. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of Anna, so, but I do agree she's pretty dominant. So she probably does need a nerf, uh, specifically to get Mercy back in the middle, which she hasn't been in a very long time. Uh, so yeah, that, that that was the experimental patch and dev update. Um, oh yeah, I was going to talk about open. Q- apparently, on Reddit, they were talking about. Uh, why in Korea and China they like open roll queue a lot more, and it's because they liked goats and they liked uh, they don't care about playing DPS as much as care, as playing what the team needs apparently. Um, 
their culture is more leaning towards like caring, caring about what the team needs rather than what they want. So, um, but here in NA, (laughs) that is not the case at all. We'd rather (laughs) insta-lock DPS and play that. Okay. Uh, week 15, which is the last week before the May tournament. Exciting. Um, I need to pull up this week schedule. Okay. Um, but yeah, no new patch this week. The, the hero pool may is banned once again. Everyone rejoiced. Uh, Arissa is also banned. Everyone rejoiced again. All the d- tank people that had to play Arissa don't have to play Arissa anymore. They're happy. Bora is banned and then Tracer's banned as well. Um, and we got a, a loaded schedule once again of, of games this weekend. Uh, it, a lot of them. Um, last one before the May tournament, so we get that seating done. Let's do Vancouver, Houston first. Which uh, this is Vancouver is coming into this week. They're going to have some more time to practice finally to be together. Uh, they were able to pull off map off Washington last week. Then didn't take one off Florida, but Houston looking like maybe one of the more winnable matches here. Uh, of course, this is another team I think they could beat with this roster. Um, are we still tied, Joe? We are, yeah, because we had the exact same picks last okay. week. <laughs> uh, so Joe will pick first for the first two, and I will pick first for the second two. Joe, who do you think is going to win off this one? Does does this new Vancouver squad pick up their first win? Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, I think... Um, if ever a hero pool were good for Houston, I think this is a decent one. Um, you don't have the tracer, which obviously Dante um, uh, is, is sort of their their tracer specialist uh, still. You know, <laughs> even even after the the whole drama with Houston, and the history of its work. But um, uh, but but I think. The, the the heroes that they can play a little bit more um, divey type stuff. I mean, with no Orisa, you're not gonna see you're not gonna see like Ryan Sigma. Um, to, so it's gonna be Ryan Diva or Winston Diva, um, probably. I mean, you can the McCree's in, the May's out, the Briggs in. You, you know, it's hard to say, uh, but it, it, I think we could definitely see Houston playing some of the dive stuff that they're interested. In. Like we could play. We could see like somber echo maybe, although that might be too um, like counter countering itself to, um, to to be good with echo. But all that to say that it, I think there, there's flexibility there for Houston to play away from the stuff that they're not good at, uh, which um, it's sort of you know, almost an opposite of Soul, where they're not really good in. Um, in like the double shield, double shield type type yeah. of thing, I think we've we've uh, definitely proved that. But uh, but so yeah, being able to being able to play that and being able to play it against a super new Vancouver Titans team, I think um, I'm gonna go ahead and pick uh, Houston for this one. Um, that it's not um, uh, definitely not a stretch at all to say that uh, they're able to pick this one out. Yeah, uh, Joe put it perfectly there. Houston's gonna win this one, and for all those reasons. Uh, and I do expect we see a lot of echo dive this week, uh, which will be should be fun. I mean, Orissa banned lack of double shield. That means so. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Houston. I think I'm not gonna be the person to pick 
pick Vancouver until they win one and prove to me that they can. Uh, we got San Francisco Shack versus Atlanta. Of course, you got Baby Bay facing his original team, the San Francisco Shack. Uh, this is a, a good matchup here. Atlanta Rain, I don't think, have been performing as well as we thought they would, but they're still doing well. Of course, Shock still a top team, still the team to beat. Um, can Atlanta pull off this upset, Joe? Um, I think the upset is possible. Uh, if you know, it really depends because Shock has had bad weeks. Um, not not a lot of them, and not frequently, but <laughs> uh, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, but that being said, yeah, I'm not sure this is going to be the series for that. Um, I think this may be the excuse me, like the highest level sort of scrolling really quickly. Uh, yeah, the highest level, probably most competitive match that we see um, this week is Shock versus Atlanta as far as like a really nice Pacific team and a really good um, Atlantic team. But um, yeah, give the edge to, to Shock here, I think. Um, but also, I want to highlight uh, Vancouver's other match. Uh, this upcoming week is against Philly, which would have been an amazing match uh, two weeks ago. Sad. But, <laughs> sad. Uh, not so much anymore. Yeah, my immediate reaction when I was looking at the schedule was like, oh, that's a really good game. And then I realized that it's not. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going shock uh, to, to beat Atlanta here. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I agree with you. It's definitely we've seen shock have their bad weeks this year. I don't think I, I don't think it's going to happen here, though. Uh, Hangzhou Spark versus London. We get to see London face um, some more Asian region teams this week. They also face Shanghai, which, in my opinion, will probably be a loss. Uh, but we got uh, versus Hangzhou Spark, which I think is more winnable to to the point where I am going to pick them to win here since I have first pick. I will pick London Spitfire to go 1-1 one one again this week and beat the Hangzhou Spark, uh, but lose to Shanghai. Uh, Joe, what do you think? Do you agree? Um, yeah, I was just pulling up the Overwatch League website is being slow. I was just pulling up uh, some of Hangzhou's map history to me for me for me to reference. Um But i think yeah, the London really had a nice uh, a good return. I mean we talked about them earlier. Um going one on one this this week is fine when you haven't played for ten weeks. Um and you know, just sort of stepping back into oh yeah, there there actually is a league going on and now they're gonna have a bunch of these matches, obviously. Come on, Hangzhou Spark. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been poor for me, but uh, what we do know is, um, the, the yeah, I think these teams are, are both you know pretty similar in terms of. Uh, I mean, this is a really tight league or a really tight like Asian division just in general. I mean, London at four and three, Guangzhou seven and six. They played almost twice as many matches. Um, Hangzhou at five and six, just below in the division. Um, it's going to be close, but I think. Um, oh no, you picked you picked London. Sorry, not yeah. me. I put it in the wrong spot on the thing. <laughs> uh, hmm. I, I'm I might uh, pick Hangzhou just so we can be different. Because okay. um, I, I think um, until until and unless the schedule comes up, which it's not wanting to do. Um, I, I think it's it's possible that uh, that change comes out. Yeah. Okay. Um, we got uh, Toronto versus uh, Los Angeles Valiant to to round up our picks this week. Valiant been doing pretty well May in May. They pull off a big upset against Atlanta. Toronto has had a hard schedule, uh, facing Shock, facing Gladiators, losing both. 
So it's been a little bit of a rough May for Toronto, but but they've been facing hard teams, and now they've got another hard team to face in the in the Valley, in my opinion. Uh, I think they go 0-3 in May here. I think Valiant win this game. Um, and Valiant will go 3-0 if they win this game. So uh, I'm picking Valiant to to beat Toronto here. I think they've had a nice month, and they're looking they're looking pretty good lately. Who you got, Joe? Uh, <laughs> manually scrolling back through Hangzhou games now. Uh, they um, traded 3-0s with Seoul and beat Chengdu, but lost twice in the last while to Shanghai. Lost to Guangzhou 3-1. I mean, There's just no point in looking at Hangzhou Sparks history because every week they're a different yeah. team. Same with Guangzhou. Like Both of them are just yeah. like, they show up some weeks, some weeks they don't. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but as far as Toronto Valiant goes, you picked Valiant. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tempted to agree with you on that one, I think. Um, just, I mean, uh, you, you're right. Toronto hasn't had a good month. And it, it's a shame because I think they definitely had the potential to. You know, I'm um, even from the beginning of the season, I was relatively um, relatively excited about this Toronto roster. Uh, but yeah, not really able to, to show up in some of the ways that we would have hoped. Um uh, hoped them to, uh, and yeah, I think Valiant is definitely going to be a, a hard match if they're not uh, if they're not ready to step up and you know take it. Oh yeah, uh, this is a, an important match too because uh, a lot of ex Valiant players on Toronto, of course. So that's that's a little bit it's of true. a grudge match there because of that. So that'll be interesting. Uh, but yeah, there are some good matches this week. I highly recommend sitting down watching. I'm excited for the May tournament the week after. Um, but besides that, that's that's all we got for for the show this week. Uh, exciting stuff. Uh, but yeah, if you want to follow us on our social medias, mine's at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's INC. Our show has a Twitter. It's at On the Flank Show. You can email us on the Flank Show at gmail.com or tweet at us if you have any suggestions, topics, corrections from the show. Um, and Joe will tweet out some nice graphics so you can keep up with our uh, picks there. You're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, you can go to on-the-flank.pinecast.co, my personal YouTube channel, John George, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Thanks, you, Thank you guys for listening, and enjoy another week of Overwatch League.